Blog Talk Radio. listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord on this Sunday. Amen. The first Sunday, amen, of 2024. We want to welcome you today as uh, our brother Cleopas, Pastor Cleopas Malone, come forward with the uh, broadcast Kingdom Principles. He'll be speaking on the day, building a world, building a word culture. Amen. And we are excited about him. Amen. Uh, this is building a world, word culture, life. And this will be part one. Uh, my brother started with us probably back in uh, 2023, November, I believe. And I'm excited about him being with us and the, the word that he's teaching. Uh, please, by all means, go ahead and share if you can. Um, I'll be on social media, uh, Facebook in particular, and some other different media sites. Uh, this, this young brother definitely has a word for God. Amen. Brother Cleopas, are you with us? Yes, sir, I am, uh, Reverend Ray. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. So what I'm going to do at this time, I'm going to turn everything over to you, and um, you go go forth and whatever the Lord sees fit. Amen. But God bless you. Thank you for those that are listening, and thank you all. Brother Cleofus. Pastor Cleofus. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rich. Um, good evening. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, first broadcast of uh, 2024. Um, excited to be here. Excited to uh See what God is going to do in this uh, in this year of 2024, um, and the key to the key to our year, and the key to it is uh, uh, is how we hear and perceive the word of the living God. Um, when you look at that word uh, a year, or you look at that word learn, uh, when you take the L and the N off of learn, you have ear. When you take the Y out of year, you have ear. So we have to have an ear to hear from God. Uh, so that we can uh, so that we can apply the principles of God in our lives at a high level, um, so that we can be all that He's called us to be and to have all that He's called us to have in life, um, so that we can win in life. Uh, God didn't create us to 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 lose. He didn't create us to be dominated. He didn't create us to be failures. He created us. He created us to win in life. And part of your winning in life and my winning in life is so that our light can shine bright on his behalf so we can draw men and women unto him. Um, and that's, that's, part of our, that's part of all of our assignments is to, is to, to, to win in life through his word. And how, how, how better to do so than to do it the way God designed for it to be done uh, through his word. Um, so, yes, uh, he's given me this word to share with you, share with the, the people that are, 
that were listening on this broadcast and that uh, will listen to the uh, recording of it. Uh, and uh, it's uh, building a word culture life. Um, and there's some things that, that, that we can do. And when you think about this uh, building a word culture life, what, what, what exactly am I talking about? Uh, well, living a life designed and predicated upon the principles of God. What are his principles? Uh, you know, in Matthew 16 and 19, uh, <clears throat> Jesus was having a, a conversation and, uh, with his disciples, and, uh, and he had asked them, you know, who do men say that I am? And, and they told him. And then he asked them another very specific question. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter, whom I love, he <laughs> stood right up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said something quite interesting. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Meaning, you didn't learn that from the bowling alley. You didn't learn that from the car garage. You didn't learn that from man. My heavenly father gave you that revelation. And that's what it is. It's a revelation. And, uh, and he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what are these keys? And he said, you know, and before that he talked to him, he said, you know, your name is Peter and, you know, upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Um, and most of you know the scripture. And, uh, but he says, I'm, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And those keys that he was giving them to the kingdom, and he says, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Meaning you're going to have to say something. You're going to have to say something. And, and, and I've discovered that <clears throat> to build a word culture life, you must first know who you are based upon how God views you and not how the world views you, not how your mama views you, not how your daddy views you, not how your auntie views you, your uncle, your siblings, cousins, your friends. Not not how any man views you, but how God views you. And and until until we see ourselves the way God sees us, it's going to be difficult for us to fulfill our God-ordained assignments. It's going to be difficult for us to have all that he's created us to have, to do all that he's created us to do, and to be all that he's created us to be. So you must first know who you are based on the word. What does the word say about you? And, and I know that the word says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the head, not the tail. You're above only, never beneath. You're the lender, the borrower. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. That's what the word says. And too often we deduce ourselves or we deduce our identity based on our environments. Our situations and our circumstances dictate to us who we are, what we can have, and who we can be. And that was never the, that was never the, the design that, uh, that God put in place for us from the foundations of the world. 
Well, let's let's go to let's go to the very beginning. Let's go to the book of Genesis. And, let, and let's let's look at this and let's dissect this. Before we go there, before we go to the book of Genesis, I, I want I want to take you somewhere that 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 this this particular scripture kind of spells out, you know, how we are to uh, receive the word of God. And if you will, turn real quickly with me to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter five and verse one. And I'm going to read it out of out of a couple of different translations. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read it out of the, the, the New King James, the Amplified, the New Living Translation, and then the Message. And so <clears throat> when you're reading Scripture, when you study in the Word, you should, you should look at different translations so that you can get the full meaning, the full context of what that Scripture is saying. And so Ecclesiastes 5 and one in the New King James Version says, walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, verse 2, and let not your heart utter anything hastily, hastily before God, for God is in heaven. And you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. All right? Let's look at it in the, uh, in the Amplified Version. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2 in the Amplified. It says this. It says, guard your steps and focus on what you are doing as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer careless or irrelevant sacrifice of fools, but they are too ignorant to know they are doing evil. I didn't call anybody ignorant. I'm just telling you what the word says. Do not be hasty with your mouth, speaking careless words or vows or impulsive in, impulsive in thought to bring up a matter before God, for God is in heaven and you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. All right. Let's look at the New Living Translation. New Living Translation says this: As you enter the house of God, keep your eyes upon open. Keep your eyes open, and and your mouth shut. Keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises. Don't be hasty to, be, to bring in matters before God. After all, God is in heaven, and you're here on earth. So let your words be few. The message translation, and this is the one that I, this is the one I really like. Watch what it says. Watch your step when you enter God's house. Enter to learn. Enter to learn. That's far better than mindlessly offering a sacrifice, doing more harm than good. Enter to learn. Don't shoot off your mouth or speak before you think. Don't be too quick to tell God what you think he wants to hear. God's in charge, not you. The less you speak, the better. So your words are important. 
what we say is, 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 is important. Your words are powerful. Why, why do you say that, Pastor? Why do you say words are powerful? Because that's how God created this whole system, by his words. Now go back to Genesis, to the, to the, to the beginning. And if you can't find Genesis, you, you might not be saved. <laughs> go, to, go to Genesis and look at chapter 1. And watch, and watch this. So this whole thing started, it says, in the beginning, verse 1, in the beginning, God created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. You know, some, some, the scientists will tell you that it was the, you know, Big Bang Theory and, and they got all these different theories on, on how, how this, the universe was, was created. And, and I don't, I don't really disagree with the Big Bang Theory so much because the Bible says in the beginning, God created by forming nothing by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. And if you go down to verse 3, it says this, and God said, let there be light. There's your Big Bang Theory, and God said. And if you skip down to verse number 6, the first three words in verse number 6, and God said. Verse number 9, and God said. Verse number 11, and God said, verse number 14, and God said, verse number 20, and God said, verse number 26, and God said, verse number 29, and God said. And then verse number 31, the last verse in the first book of Genesis the first three words it says in verse number 31, it says, and God saw. See, God said something before he saw something. God said something before he saw something. One of the first statements that I made uh, when we came on tonight was, to build a word culture life, you must first know who you are based upon how God views you, and not how the world views you, not how people view you. You have to know who you are based on how God views you. Verse 26 of, of chapter 1 in Genesis talks about the, the, the creation of man. And it says, and God said, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image and the likeness of God created him. Male and female, he created them. God created you and I in his image. And the problem with a lot of us is we get our identity 
from our environment. We get our identity from man. God gave you your identity before he ever blew breath in your nostrils. When God said, let us make man in our, in our image, according to our likeness. Well, what is this our image and our likeness? He's talking about the, 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 the Godhead. See, you got to understand that you are, you are a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. So when I understand this, now I understand that God is a speaking spirit. He's the big G. I'm the little G. I'm created in his image and in his likeness. And if he has to say something for something to show up on the scene, then guess what? I have to say something for something to show up on the scene. What's the first thing that Satan attacks when he comes after you? The first thing he attacks is he attacks your identity, who you are. He wants you to question who you happen to be. That happened in in, in chapter 3 of Genesis. When he went to Eve, Mrs. Adam, and he starts this conversation with her, and he says to her, again, here's what he says. He says, and the serpent said to the woman, can it really be, this is verse 1, can it really be, and the serpent Satan said to the woman, can it really be that God said, that God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, you shall not eat from it, nor touch it, otherwise you will die. Look what, this, look what, look what, look what Satan said. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. Now, if God has given me some instructions and he says to me, Cleophas, don't you eat from that tree over there. All these trees in the garden, you can eat from any of them. Just don't eat from that one. I got my instructions. I got my instructions from the one who created me. And now you're going to come on the scene and you're going to challenge what he said? You didn't create me. He created me. But look what he does. He said, for God knows, verse 5, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. That is, you will have greater awareness and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Okay. Stop the presses right there. He said, and you will be like God. In verse 1 and 26, he said, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, according to our likeness. So if that's the way he created me, now how are you going to come along and tell me, oh, wait a minute, 
See, God knows that if you eat off of that tree over there, your eyes are going to be open, and you will have greater awareness, and you'll be like God. I'm already like him. He created me in his image and his likeness. I'm already like him. He's a speaking spirit. I'm a speaking spirit. In order for him to get something in the earth, he has to say something. In order for me to get something in the earth, I have to say something. So how are you going to come along and change what he said? And see, too often we, believers, non-believers, we get our identity so confused because now our identity is measured up against what we see, where, where, we, where we reside at, our neighborhoods, our communities, where we hang out at, how others are acting. We start to want to be like others. I want to be like Mike. <laughs> I want to be like Bron Bron. How about I want to be like Christ? I like how, how, how about I want to be like what God created me to be? So he attacks your identity. Verse 2, I mean, chapter 2 in Genesis, and verse 7, God takes it to another level. In, verse, in chapter 1, he, he spoke a word to create man. Spoken word, he created man. In in, in chapter 2, verse 7, it says this. I'm reading from the King James Version. "And And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I was a spirit when God spoke in chapter 1. He created me in his image, according to his likeness. So I was a spirit, just like he was, God's a spirit. I didn't have a body. I didn't have a soul. I didn't have all of that. And in chapter 2 is when he formed me from the dust of the ground. He formed you and I. Now I know where my identity comes from, from God. So now I put on this identity. I put on Christ. I put on the identity. Now I identify, I identify myself with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I identify myself with God, the Father. Yeah, we have companions. We have friends. We have, you know, uh, co-workers. And we got other men and women that we, that we associate with. But how they see me and view me is none of my business. How God sees me and views me is all of my business. Amen? Go over to Psalms. Let's work this word. Go over to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. We're talking about building a word culture life. And we, before we can build that word culture life where what we're saying is aligned with what God is saying, we must first know who we are in Christ, in God. Amen? So we got to get some basics down before we can function in this thing fully. 
Psalms chapter 8, verse number 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him or you visit him, as the King James would say. Watch this, verse, verse number 5. Yet you have made him a little lower than God. This is how to amplify and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. God created you and I to dominate in this world. In Genesis, he gave us dominion over all the works of his hand. He planted us in a garden. He told us to be fruitful and multiply. And unfortunately, some people have got that be fruitful and multiply all twisted up in, the wrong, in a worldly fashion. But to be fruitful and multiply means to let your light so shine so that men can see your good works. That's, I'm to let my light so shine. I'm to let other men see the goodness of God and the goodness of Jesus Christ in me. So that they might say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to have that life, to have that kind of have, to have that kind of joy that you have? And excitement and vibrant life. Forget the stuff, the material stuff. The material stuff don't mean nothing. Because there's a lot of people that have a material that have a lot of material things. And just as broke in their mind and in their thought pattern and in their spirit, they're, they're just broke. They got money. They got stuff. They got things. They got all the stuff that you and I might think we want and that we want, quite frankly. But what they don't have is the peace of God residing on the inside of them. And I'd rather have the peace of God residing on the inside of me than any material thing that, that, man, can, that man can make. The Bible says this. The Bible says the Lord, it's the Lord that maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. So if, 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 if I'm operating in this principle and I'm operating in this, in this word and, I, and my life is built on this culture of, of the word of God, now watch this. Now he can allow me to become rich, and rich is relative, you see, because I want to be rich in health. I want to be rich in my marriage. I want to be rich in my relationship with my kids, with my grandkids. I want to be rich in that area. I want to be able to lay my head on my pillow at night and sleep and have sweet sleep. The God kind of sleep, the sweet sleep. And I do this by aligning myself with his word. That's why I said, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him or you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the King James Version says angels. The Amplified says you've made him a little lower than God. And you've crowned him with your glory and your honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you put all things under his feet. 
And so that's how I can function in this word. And then understanding this, in the book of in the book of Exodus, God Moses saw this bush burning on a mountainside. And he was so intrigued by this bush that was burning on the mountainside that because it was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. It was on fire, but it wasn't burning. You know, kind of like them three Hebrew boys that went into that fiery furnace and they had heated this thing up all hot and everything, and the king throws them in there because they wouldn't bow to him and, and, and to his song, his music, and his and his and his ideas, and they stood they stood on the principles of God, and, and, and so he threw them into this fiery furnace, and they go in there, and the Bible says they went in there, and, and when they came out, they they didn't look like smell like uh, what they had been through. As a matter of fact, the hairs on their head wasn't even singed. It, that, that that hot fire didn't have no effect on them because they stood for something. They understood who they were. They understood who the creator was. And they knew that whatever man was going to do to them because of who they identified themselves with and they were going to stand on what, what they, what they, on the word of God, that it didn't matter what the man was going to do because they knew that God had their back. And so when you identify with God, in Second in, in, in Chronicles, he said, verse seven, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, you don't have to go there. He says, if my people, <laughs> not another people, he says, if my people who are called by my name, well, what name are you called by? What name are you allowing the world to call you? What name are you allowing people to call you that you're answering to? You don't want to be that, but you're allowing somebody to call you that, and then you turn around and answer to it. And he said, it's my people who are called by my name. Well, what is his name? One passage says his name is excellence. And then when Moses gets to the mountain and he goes up and he and, and, and he gets there and the Bible says in, 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 in Exodus 3 and 2 it says and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame a fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and he and beheld it and Moses went up to that mountain and then down around about oh verse number 13 of the, of Exodus 3. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, now God has given him some instructions to go to Pharaoh and to Egypt and to demand that they let his let the people go. All right, and so here's Moses. He's asking God a question. He says, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? <laughs> what shall I say unto them? 
<laughs> you coming to me telling me that God has sent you to, 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 to get me free from this. You know, we've been in bondage for 400 some years, and you were here in Egypt. We saw you. You you was in Pharaoh's house. You were one of them. And now you're coming back after you've been exiled out. Now you're coming back to tell us that God sent you? Okay. What's his name? <laughs> and God said, uh-oh, here go those words again. And God said, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent you, have sent me unto you. I am. I am healing. I am your deliverance. I am your way maker. I am your peace. I am your joy. (laughs) And see, then we turn around because we're being called by his name, and now we turn around and we say something that's totally contrary to what he said. I am sick. No. He said, I am healed. That's what he told you to say. He told you and I to say, he said, let, 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 let the sick say I'm healed. If he is I am, if he's the great I am, then I am. Guess what he says I am. I have just what he says I have. I'm going to be just what God says I'm going to be because my identity is in him, not in the world system, not in man-made stuff. Watch this. The key to understanding who I am is to understand who God is. If you want to know who you are, find out who he is. The Bible says that God is love. How come you not love? How come it's so easy for you to pitch a fit? How come it's so easy for you to cuss somebody out? Because you haven't identified with who you really are. How come you got such anger issues? How come you run around cheating on your wife? How come you cheating on your husband? How come you cheating on your taxes? See, when you get a revelation of who you are and whose you are, when you get a true revelation, of who you are and whose you are. When you get a true revelation of who you are and whose you are, some of these things that now offend you, some of these things that now uh, get you acting out of character, if you will, they won't do that to you no more because you have to get your identity from him. And Satan wants your identity. You know how I know he wants your identity? I'll be happy to tell you. Go with me over to Matthew. 
Now let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Now Jesus is our chief example example setter. That's what the scripture tells us. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And we spend so far too much time looking at our past. I'm talking about born-again believers. We spend way too much time looking at our past, what we used to do. And we allow people to bring up our past, family members, friends that knew you when you were in the world, acting like the world. But now you done got saved and you done got born again. And you still acting the same way. You still fly off the handle. Chapter 4 of, uh, of Matthew. We're talking about building a word cultural life, understanding who you are based on what who God says you are, understanding who God is. And knowing that that's the key to understanding who I am. Amen. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then when Jesus led up, led up of the spirit and into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward, afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, watch this, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Wait a minute, Satan. You already know who he is. You come to him when you believe he's in a weakened state. And you challenge his identity. And here is the principle of the kingdom. I am to say what the word says about me. I am to say what the word says about my situation. I am to say what God has already preordained. Listen to what Jesus said. Verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written. God from Zion. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus didn't challenge him. Jesus didn't go back and forth with him about who he was. He was secure in who he was. He knew who he was. You can't you couldn't come to him and throw him off about who he was. And too often someone can come to us and challenge us about something and because we don't have no understanding or because we don't have a revelation about the situation, now we can be thrown off and 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 back down about who we are in that situation. 
and one of his first statements I made in this beginning of this lesson, God wants us to dominate. He created us to dominate. He gave us dominion over all the works of his hands. He told us that he's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How come we... Then how come we shrinking every time we come up against a tough situation? Got to have a revelation of what this word says. If you're going to build your life, if you're going to build this word cultured life, if you're going to build this life where you are divinely aligned with the word of God, then you're going to have to say what God says. You're going to have to say what Jesus says. You're going to have to say what the Holy Spirit instructs you to say. If I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, then someone's going to have to give me some instructions on what I'm supposed to do. And that someone is the Holy Spirit. He can lead and guide me into all truth. And one of the biggest problems is, we say we want the truth, but we really don't want the truth. Because when we start to look at this word and we start to ch- and we start to measure our lives up against what the word says, and we start to come up short, now we start making excuses. Well, God know my heart, and I got to tell you something, child of God. Be careful, because God really does know your heart. So you can fool me. You can trick me, but you can't trick him. You know why? Because he created you. The Bible says he knows everything about us. (laughs) He knows the number of hairs on our head. (laughs) And some of y'all got a lot of hair. I don't have have no hair. (laughs) Not on on the surface anyway. But he knows he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. And you run around talking about God knows my heart. You're exactly right. He knows your heart. And that's why you're going through the stuff that you're going through, because God knows your heart. And you haven't surrendered. Amen. Verse five, then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on the on a pinnacle of the temple, on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, unto Jesus, if thou be the son of God. Again, challenging his identity. If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Jesus had told him what is written. Now, Satan tried to turn this thing around. It is written. He should give, the, he should give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Hey, he, now he's quoting the scripture. <laughs> and that's how we get ourselves in trouble. We think we know some scripture. Satan so knows scripture too. Them demons know scripture. <laughs> some of them are sitting right up in the church service with you. They hearing the same words you're hearing. And they know the scripture. And when somebody give you a little pushback on what you think you know, now you're starting to shrink. That's why he can say to you, did he really say? 
And now you starting to back up. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I got it wrong. No, you didn't get it wrong. Verse 7, and Jesus said unto him, it is written again. Okay, you threw that, it's written at me. Let me throw it back at you. It is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Okay. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm highly favored. But I'm not going to tempt God by going out and trying to prove something to somebody and go out running in the middle of traffic. No. I trust God. I honor God. I don't tempt God. And again, the devil taking him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, all these things I will give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Wait a minute. The first two times he questioned his identity <laughs> about if you be the son of God. This time he didn't really question his identity. He started to say, okay, I know you are. I know you are. But you're in this weakened state. Let me show you all this. And that's what some of us get caught up. You know, we start we start to get a little fame and we start to, you know, as, 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 as my grandmother used to say, you start smelling yourself and the world starts telling you how great you are and how good you are and how popular you are. And now you start to walk away from the things of God. Now you're going to get a new identity. You're going to get an identity based on what people are saying to you. And God says, stay with my identity. Stay with my identity. Stay with who I've called you to be. Don't get it twisted. Because all these little dainties and all of these little uh, material things and all these little you know, popularity contests and all these things that, 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 that man, that's man-made to make you think that you're something when you're nothing. The Bible tells us to not think, to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And here you are, now you got a little position and a little power, and now you think you're something. And now everything that you've learned relative to the Scripture, you're starting to back off of because now you're starting to put yourself in a position that, you know, if I go with God, I'm going to lose all this. And who created all of this? Hallelujah. If God is my source, then all of this other stuff is a resource for him, to glorify him. Verse 10, then Jesus saith unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Oh, here we go again. Jesus, quote, Jesus is quoting, saying the word that's in his heart. That's what David said. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. And too many of us can quote scripture and have no revelation of scripture 
And now when we get challenged on Scripture, we back down. That's why when when when, when <laughs> that's why when the Jehovah Witness show up at your door, you, you're showing up, you pull the blinds down and button the house up real tight, and, and don't y'all go to that door, don't answer that door, because they're gonna challenge you on what you believe, and you haven't studied enough to be able to combat what they're coming at you with. And I'm gonna say what the word says. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. And see, you serving all, you, 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 you worshiping all these other things. Some of you, some of us worship our cars. Some of us worship our homes. Some of us worship our jobs, our money. We worship everything but God. And if God asks you for everything that you have, would you just give it to him? Or would you have to think about it first? And if you understand the principle of sowing and reaping, if you really understand, if you if you genuinely have an understanding of the principle, the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you have a revelation of that, and God came to you and said, give me everything that you have, and you gave it to him free. You better cool believe you can't out. You can't beat God given. And if He asks you for everything that this in this hand, I promise you, when you gave Him everything that was in this hand with a willing heart, you're gonna get double for your trouble. <laughs> That's what happened with Job. It appeared that he lost everything. Houses, family, kids, everything, cattle. Over there in, the, in, in chapter 42, it said he got it all back. Double. You can't serve two masters. That's scripture. You can't serve two masters. Jesus has given us the outline, outline for identifying ourselves with Christ, with God, and not with this world system. Satan is going to challenge you. He's going to come after your identity. He's going to attack your identity. How do I find my how do I find my identity? I find my identity in the Word of God. Now I've got this now I put this thing on. I put this 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 word life on. And now I'm building this word culture. And what's coming out of my mouth is in total agreement and alignment with what the Word of God says. And now I can start to have this fruit that flows in my life. Now my light can shine bright on God's behalf, on Christ's behalf. Now my light shines bright. And now people are seeing this light that's on me. It's not by me. It's by God. Because now I'm flowing in this word culture. And I'm decreeing some things and they're coming to pass. I'm saying something and I'm seeing the fruit of it. I'm not talking about, you know, 
you 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 spitting and getting and all that. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the word is in my heart. That's what's coming out. The Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, came to Jesus when his disciples were were getting ready to eat, and, and they hadn't washed their hands. <clears throat> and they were all upset because they hadn't washed their hands. And they're complaining to Jesus and saying that they were defiling themselves. You know, they're going to eat, and they haven't washed their hands, and now they're defiling themselves because they're putting this stuff into their belly. And Jesus looked at him and he says, hey, you got it twisted. It's not what goes in a man's belly that defiles him. It's what comes out. So you're saying some stuff that's contrary to what the word of God says, and it's defiling you. It's messing your future, your life up. The, 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 the good life that God has called you to is, is messing it up. Why? Because the scripture says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you're going to live by what you say. Your words are powerful. Why are your words powerful? Because that's the way God created you. And some of us running around, we're talking about as he is, so am I in the world, and then we're, we're not acting like it. We're not talking like it. Amen. Amen. But listen, I'm just about, I'm not, I, I listen, I'm not out of word, but I'm certainly coming up against being out of time. I got plenty of word. We'll pick this up again next month. I certainly hope that something that I said uh, has been a blessing to you. Uh, the word of God is powerful. The Bible says it's sharp than any two-edged sword. And so, Get this word in your heart. Let what's coming out of you represent the kingdom of God. Let that be your worship. Your lifestyle to worship God. How you treat others should worship God. How you love others should worship God. And we do things out of self-fulfillment when we should do things to glorify the Father. Amen? Father, I thank you for this time of fellowship with your people. I thank you, Father, that, that the word that you've given to me to share with your people that I've shared. And, Father, I thank you that they won't just the word, but they'll be doers of the word. I thank you that they will meditate and marinate and ruminate on the word that has been spoken and they will start to apply these principles to their lives and that they will be all that you've called them to be, have all that you've called them to have and do all that you've called them to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Brother Ray? Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor Cleopas, that's an awesome word. Amen. Stay tuned, everyone, for next month. Amen. Um, continue the series on building a word culture life. It's important that we study the word and we know the word. So thank you again, Pastor. And for those that have been listening on, and you'll be able to listen to it again. Amen. On Blog Talk Radio on 
on ChristianSpeak.com, iHeartRadio, um, just to name a few of the platforms. And have a blessed night. Thank you again. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you much. You're welcome, sir. Amen. Thank you. God bless. God bless. listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. So it's my brother, can you spare a dime? My God shall supply my need. Don't have to because I am a thief. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 